Welcome to the My Buddy Green podcast. I'm Jason Wachab, founder and co-CEO of My Buddy Green, and your host. Hey everyone, we have our resident PhD, RD, and Director of Scientific Affairs, Ashley Jordan Ferreira, back on the podcast today to discuss all things vitamin D. And we have a special offer for all of our listeners as the newest addition to the My Body Green Supplements line has arrived, introducing Vitamin D3 Potency Plus. Now, I'm sure many of you are familiar with how important vitamin D is for our overall health and well-being, but did you know that sunshine and fortified foods are not enough to get the job done? Almost all Americans, yes, that's like all of us, are failing to consume just 400 IUs of vitamin D each day. And half of all adults in America are clinically vitamin D insufficient, truly staggering statistics when you take into account just how important vitamin D is to muscle, bone, immune, and whole body health. So we developed vitamin D3 potency plus because we wanted to bring to you a truly high quality, high dose, and highly absorbable vitamin D3 supplement with 5,000 IUs of organic algal vitamin D3, which our bodies prefer to D2, and a trio of organic oils to maximize absorption. We've really cracked the code to provide you with the latest in vitamin D3 technology. Just one gel cap a day will help you achieve optimal vitamin D levels for life. So visit mybodygreen.com slash D3pod, P-O-D, and use the code D3pod to save 25% off your order of vitamin D3 potency plus. Ashley, welcome back. Good to see you again. Thanks, Jason. You, you are an expert in all things nutrition and supplements, but specifically vitamin D. And so can you start by giving us a primer on what exactly vitamin D is and why it is so critical to our well-being. Well, I'm super excited. This is my favorite nutrient, and I think we share that. It, that's kind of that's kind of nerdy of us. We have a favorite micronutrient. So, vitamin D. We've all heard of it. It's become even more top of mind in the past. What is it? Twenty plus months for obvious reasons. But vitamin D. It's essential, meaning. We have a daily requirement for it. That's every day for a variety of health functions that I'll, I'll talk about in a bit. But so A, D, E, and K, the four fat solubles. D is quite unique. And some people say it's a hormone. It's not a hormone. It's two steps away from a hormone, a pre-pro hormone. So you get vitamin D from the sunshine, uh, a teeny tiny bit maybe in your diet. And then there's a supplement, which is really going to be the most obvious way to ensure sufficiency daily. But this pre-pro hormone is then fascinatingly converted to 25-hydroxy-D in the liver. This is the circulating form. This is the status biomarker your doctor will measure. Serum total 25-hydroxy-D. You could ask them, your practitioner, to measure it. And then in the kidney and even in some target tissues, it's converted a second time. Hydroxylated is the chemical term to 125 dihydroxy D. This is the hormone. So we went pre, 
pro-hormone. And the hormone or active form, also called calcitriol, this is the boots on the ground at the cellular level doing the things that we need it to do. So what am I talking about there? Calcium and phosphorus absorption in the gut. And then beyond the gut, ensuring a homeostatic balance of those minerals, um, ensuring that our bones are able to be mineralized normally. When it's not normally, we're talking about things like rickets in babies, osteomalacia in adults, osteoporosis in adults. So of course, it's most famous for its roles in the bone. Well, what else? It's acting at the level of the cell for our immune system to be able to respond to invaders for our muscle function. Even we know now we know it's for our beta cells in the pancreas to respond to the glucose and blood sugar that we, you know, consume in our diet um, for a normal insulin response. We know babies need it not just after birth, but in utero for normal development. And interestingly, I was just reading last week about this. It's critical for creating baby in the first place. Vitamin D and fertility, a very hot um, area of research. So turns out the quality of even uh, semen and the ability of sperm to swim is dependent on vitamin D status. Uh, there was a 2021 study in the World Journal of Men's Health that discusses how even erectile uh, function relies directly on vitamin D. There's brain function and mood data, gut lining, the integrity of our gut depends on vitamin D. So let's talk about a truly like multitasking, overperforming nutrient. The, the, this is the one. And interestingly, how is vitamin D doing this? It is acting on our DNA. So there are 200 plus genes now known that vitamin D impacts. Vitamin D receptors, like the first clue was, you know, 30, 40 years ago, vitamin D receptors started being discovered in, hey, this organ and that organ and oh, all the organs. <laughs> so that was the hint that it's quite, you know, vast in its impact. Well, vitamin D, literally, it has a receptor that goes to the nucleus. So it binds with the receptor it dimerizes or buddies up with this thing called RXR, actually a vitamin A dependent receptor. They enter the nucleus of your cells throughout your body. So your immune cells, your muscle cells, your, your bones, et cetera, your brain. And they bind to key elements of the DNA to enact the effects and the benefits that I just described. You know, that's incredibly fascinating, I think. So, and one, one last thing I'll say about what vitamin D is, you know, like, how did vitamin D get its start? It was discovered about 100 years ago, actually, in, in 1919 by uh, a doctor, Sir Edward Melody, a British biochemist and nutritionist. And it, it was discovered for its role in preventing rickets. He called it in, uh, I think he's in the literature, he says, oh, I think I've discovered, he thought it was a vitamin A-like compound. It was later described as vitamin D, obviously, but it was anti-rickitic meaning it was preventing rickets, which was widespread at the time. And the, the like, reason why it was discovered is, oh, by the way, our diet is super deplete in uh, vitamin D. Back then was Sir Mellonby and today. And so the, when children don't get enough vitamin D, they wind up with rickets. That's because it makes the bones soft and weak. It actually, uh, you know, if you ever 
took any science classes in in like college, you would see the Ricketts picture with the deformed and bowed legs. And we think of that as like the industrial revolution in England with like Tiny Tim and, you know, Dickens novel. And actually Tiny Tim was being described. He he had Ricketts description in that book. But, you know, this is not just smog filled skies, no sunlight, although it was really, really bad then, like 50 to 80 percent of kids in northern Europe had rickets. But now we know this rickets, the problem dates back to like the Roman Empire about 2000 years ago. There have been like studies of bones and one in 20 kids back then, 2000 years ago, rickets. And guess what? It was worse in the northern parts of Europe versus the sunny Mediterranean. So I bring up this nutrition history because I find it fascinating, but also people talk about it like it was back in the day. It wasn't just 2000 years ago or in, you know, the 1840s with Tiny Tim. It's an issue still in 2021, which is like frustrating and semi-maddening actually because it's 100% preventable. So, and not just rickets, like, so osteomalacia is the same thing as rickets, but in adults, it's a softening of the bones. It's preventable with vitamin D and osteoporosis is a little bit more complex. It's a calcium D duo acting there. And there's some genetics as well, but these conditions are very much still with us. And in fact, rickets is significantly higher in, in babies of mothers with darker skin because darker skin individuals make less vitamin D from uh, the sunshine. And the, it's going to be Ricketts risk is higher in breastfed mothers. So breastfeeding is super great, right? Well, if the breast milk is not vitamin D sufficient, because the mother is not vitamin D sufficient, then the milk is vitamin D deficient. And so there's instances of even more concerning things like babies being fed rice milk or vegan diets or homemade milk, like super bad ideas. And Ricketts is here and there's cases of like fracture, multiple fractures and things. So I'll summarize by saying D, yes, it's the bone. It's the bone vitamin and so, so much more. Diet is not cutting it and it's unique that we can get it from the sun, but the supplement is going to be where it's at and I can share more why later. Yeah, and it's also come to the forefront with our, our immune system. It, 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 it does do a lot, as you touched on. And so you mentioned, you know, we're not getting it from diet. You know, we've all read the articles, seen the news stories that are acknowledging we're not getting enough D and how critical it is in, in 2021 with our immune system. But go eat X, Y, or Z. And so let's talk about that, of, of why that's not necessarily the solve. Right. So this is a major pet peeve of mine. Um, it happens. I mean, if I were to actually turn on the news and watch it <laughs> regularly, it, it, it would happen weekly. But as recently as last week, my, my mom likes to tell me when people talk about vitamin D on, on the TV, she said it was on the doctor's show. So I pulled up the segment, nothing against the doctor's show, really like the hosts and the guests there, but you know, they don't write their scripts. So somebody wrote this script and he read it. And it went something like this. Vitamin D is in such small amounts in our food. You can't get enough of it. Vitamin D impacts health broadly. And he talked about some of the things I just mentioned. Here, he, he went into some symptoms of vitamin D deficiency. Malaise are, can be quite broad, right? Like malaise, achy bones, a depressed mood feeling, et cetera. 
And then he wrapped it up with, so take 600 IUs of vitamin D a day. And I was like, no, but this is exactly what is written in articles and said in, in certain media outlets, like a lot. And unfortunately in the past 20 months when I was, it was even more critical to get the message right. So why does this bother me? Well, you know, in, as a dietitian, we talk about in school, food first, food first, which I think is a funny thing to be taught because of course it's like food first. (laughs) We all have a diet. We're not, you know, we're not in the SpaceX and it Mars like yet just eating pills of food. So yes, food first. But then we have science that shows us where is food lacking? These are evidence-based nationally representative gaps. They are, these are the most common and widespread. A, D, E, K, C, calcium, magnesium, and potassium. That's like the most common. You could also have others depending on your diet, like If you're vegan, maybe iron or B12 would be added. So food first fails us. Even fortified food. So you're like, oh, it's fortified. Yeah, because rickets was so bad. Our food system was fortified in the 1930s. And guess what? That fortification system has not updated since then. So we're about 100 years into food fortification. And it's still 100, 100, not 1,000, 100 IUs per serving of milk or orange juice. By the way, that's vitamin D2 that it's fortified with, which is two to three times less effective than D3 in terms of impacting your vitamin D levels in the body and keeping them there. So you have fortified foods failing you. Well, what about the natural sources? Well, turns out there aren't many. And just to give you a con- an idea, so if 5,000 IUs of D, we know from pharmacokinetic research to get to a sufficient level of D, which is 50 nanograms per mil, we're measuring again that 25 hydroxy D biomarker. We know it takes a thousand IU to raise that blood level by 10 nanograms per mil. So the math there is 5,000 IU will get you to 50 nanograms per mil. This is the sufficiency range. 30 nanograms per mil is the cutoff for insufficiency. You don't wanna be hovering around there, you wanna be at 50. So let's say 5,000 IUs of D a day. Let's get that from food. That's going to be, I wrote an article, you know, recently for Mind Buddy Green about this. And, and so I, I did the math. 5,000 IUs of D would be 294 cubes of cheddar cheese. Or how, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or how about 50 zero glasses of milk or orange juice? 62 cups of cereal, seven cups of irradiated mushrooms. Because by the way, the mushrooms are not D rich on their own. They have to be hit with the UV light. Nine servings of salmon, 113 eggs. Like, okay, you get the point. This was an exercise and I, I made the point. So I'm all about diet first and food first, except when it's like failing us. And this particular nutrient is the worst defender of that. So how do you think about, you're hitting on my next question, hating about food versus sun versus a supplement? So I think that the collective totality is important. And I think it's like awesome that our bodies are designed to photosynthesize. Like, hey guys, we're like plants. We're photosynthesizing here, photosynthesizing D. And, you know, some amount of sunshine is just, 
healthy, feel, feels good. So I think that if you want to think about vitamin D collectively, the, on a pie chart, the dietary inputs are a wash. They're, they're a wash in terms of actually impacting your sufficiency on a daily and, and lifetime basis. Depending on your lifestyle and where you live and your age and your skin tone, sunshine can maybe be a significant, you know, input for you. But as I just alluded to there, okay, so season, time of day, latitude, anything above 35 degrees north latitude in the winter months, for sure. The angle of the sun, you could be in a bikini in Boston and you're not making D3 on your skin. This is just, it's been scientifically shown. So, oh, by the way, 35 degrees north, had to look that up. I was like, oh, where is that? Quite high. No, it's going through North Carolina. Wow. So, so yeah, anything above North Carolina. And then we have issues like age. So as we age our cutaneous production, that means the skin synthesis, it goes down just naturally as we age. Then, you know, of course, there's the thing of skin cancer risk with sun exposure over time. So how do I think about it? I think some sun is good. Food is failing us. You know, a high quality supplement that is designed in a robust way to be potent, to be clean and to be effective is where, I mean, like if there were ever a supplement, sometimes people ask me, if I were to take one supplement, what should I take? I don't like one supplement. But anyways, if you took three supplements, vitamin D would be in the trifecta. <laughs> okay. So th this is just, it's a math equation and the food is failing us and the sun is so variable for so many, due to so many factors. I will give you, people say, how much vitamin D can I make with sun? I will tell you the science shows that if you were in a bathing suit, so exposing most of your skin to the sun, and I mean like in the summer, and the sun is directly over you at its zenith, that one minimal erythemal dose, MED, that means like 24 hours after you go to the beach, your skin's a little peak. That's one MED. It's thought to be equivalent to about 10,000 IUs of D2, interestingly, D2. Wow. Which less effective than D3. But um, that's, we don't all get to go to the beach daily. At least I don't. So, yeah. <laughs> so, and it's also, just to say D3 versus D2, D2 is, is it three times less effective? Yeah. So there's been so many clinical trials on this, like there's now meta-analyses and systematic reviews. So D2 versus D3, real quick, not only does it, not only does D3 raise and keep your 25-hydroxy-D levels up two to three times better than D2, at the cellular level, it's been proven that D3 is uh, more stable. It has a longer half-life. And in fact, D2 is like binding. There's something called a vitamin D binding uh, protein that carries D through our blood. D2 binds that more weakly. So it's like there's at least three mechanisms that makes D2 inferior. And there's multiple publications saying like D2 shouldn't be a supplement choice in the market, basically. You're touching on levels. So what does science say in terms of levels and, and where we ideally want to be at? 
uh, what do we need daily as an, as an adult? I know that varies on an individual basis, but if you had to, to generalize and then on, if, if we're, if we're going to go overkill, you know, what's absolutely too much. So let's dive into levels. Where, where do okay. we want to be? What do we need daily? And, and when, when could we possibly take it too far? Got it. Okay. So you alluded to the you know, we're 93 to 100% of us can't even consume 400 IU in our diet. So there's the gap. And then how does that result in terms of our nation and blood levels? You know, almost half of us are clinically insufficient in vitamin D. What does that mean? Vitamin D insufficiency is defined as a 25 hydroxy D serum level, that blood biomarker as 30 nanograms per mil or less. Okay, if you're actually 20 nanograms per mil or less, you're squarely deficient. So 20 to 30, 20 to, yeah, 21 to 30 is insufficient. You don't want to be playing around in those levels. So that's where you want to avoid. The Endocrine Society in 2011 did a comprehensive review of all relevant literature these are some big names in, in, in nutrition and vitamin D. So you have, you know, my, my favorite vitamin D researcher, the late uh, Bob Heaney, Connie Weaver of Purdue, Catherine Gordon, Michael Hollick, et cetera. And so they compiled all of the science and said, hey, 30 nanograms per mil, less than that. It's not only insufficient, but hey, that's the level for just basic prevention of this bad bone stuff I was talking about, like rickets, osteomalacia, osteoporosis. So in fact, um, the science and many clinicians recommend obviously greater than 30, but 50 nanograms per mil to be the goal. And I alluded to the pharmacokinetic science that was actually done by Bob Heaney to prove 1000 IUs of D3 raises your blood levels by 10 nanograms per mil. So 50 nanograms plus is, is the goal. And we know that, so that pharmacokinetics, by the way, 5,000 IU to get to 50 nanograms, that is assuming you have a BMI in the normal or healthy range, as it were, 18.5 to 24.9. So for individuals, you know, of course, body composition is not just fat, bone density and lean tissue considerations. But if in fact, overweight or obesity is in the mix here, we know that your needs are even higher. And so that endocrine society clinical recommendation even went there, which was so helpful. And I'm glad they did because our nation, two thirds of our nation is um, meeting criteria for overweight or obesity. And so what those experts said was the science suggests if you have overweight or obesity, you need two to three times more daily of D3. So that 5,000 IU to get to 50 for the average adult, it then becomes higher, more. So that's, you know, work with your healthcare practitioner one-on-one. -on -one. It could be 10,000 IU. It could be more. And there's other factors we talk about on, on mybodygreen.com of individual considerations like if you you know, if your baseline level is lower, then you're going to need more to, to fix the issue. You're, you know, if you have issues that require a partnering with a provider, so like 
anything that impacts absorption in your gut of fat-soluble vitamins, for instance, or anytime your liver or kidneys would be impacted, that's really when a doctor needs to be in the mix with vitamin D because those are the instances where this isn't like a normal scenario and you might need more. So then what is too much? I will say my second pet peeve of with vitamin D, other than people saying, go get it from your diet, is it's toxic. They will say, vitamin D is fat soluble, it's toxic. That is like 1982 science textbook. We're in 2021, so we need to stop making these sweeping statements. Yes, vitamin A, D, and K are fat soluble. There's a biological ability for fat tissue to sequester them just by design because they're lipid loving. But the science, clinical trials have demonstrated, in fact, as high as 150 nanograms per mil. So again, we want to be around 50, 60, 70 nanograms per mil. 150, three times. That is where some consideration for toxicity may start occurring. What is that? What does toxicity with vitamin D look like? It looks like high levels of calcium in your blood and urine. That's called hypercalcemia and hypercalciuria. There's actually other issues that can cause that, like calcium supplementation if it's excessive. But the actual clinical science shows that you could even take 20 to 50,000 IUs of D3 a day. And not only is it not toxic, it was the, this is a 2014 study. It showed that these amounts help the participants actually raise their blood levels to sufficiency. So, so I'm not saying that's your level, but it's, it was successful, not scary. And one more thing I'll say is like actual case report documents of vitamin D toxicity, if you look at the literature, true reports of frank toxicity are 200,000 to 300,000 IUs per day. They typically are in infants and it's, it was typically like a, it was a mistake, like a dosing mistake in a clinical setting. Yeah. So, so suffice to say it, it's almost impossible to overdose and that one of the reasons why we created this product is most everyone can benefit. Oh, yeah. Vitamin D is, is absolutely like critical. Yeah. And, and so segueing, you kind of talked a little bit this, you're talking about absorption. Let's talk about maximizing bioavailability. It was something we took into consideration. So c- can we talk about that specifically fat solubility so that we maximize you know, our ability to absorb, it's critical. And we took a lot of pride in our formula. So could you touch on that and, and, and talk about what we did there specifically to address that? Yeah. Yeah. So assuming your supplement, just to back up, is D3, not D2, because we already described the why D2 is not going to cut it. Oh, and by the way, D3 and vitamin D3 potency plus, there's nothing, absolutely nothing wrong with the lanolin-based D3, which comes from sheep's wool. But with this standalone D3 product, we really wanted to be cutting edge and thinking about, you know, vitamin D, like the market got a little stale and people got comfortable. So we wanted to do what hadn't been done before. And our vitamin D3 is from a plant origin source. It is from a sustainable organic algae. 
And the only vegan D3 source before this innovation and technology was lichen. And lichen is non-sustainable. It's taken out of the environment. The, you know, animals that eat it are reindeer and such. (laughs) Um, I should find more animals that eat lichen. Clearly, you know, someone needs to call in who, who studies lichen and tell me. But lichen is not sustainable. So we went with the plant origin, organic, sustainable D3. And then to your point, what's the other feature factor that mitigates or improves the bioavailability of this fat loving D uh, vitamin? And it, and it's the presence of fats. So you've always heard it like, oh, make sure to take your D supplement with some fats um, which just means take it with a meal or snack because most of our meals and snacks have some bit of fat. Well, we thought, why limit yourself to meal time? Why not just build in the absorption technology? So we know from the literature that clinically vitamin D absorption has been shown to be increased by the simultaneous presence of fats and oils specifically. And vitamin D absorption in the gut this is not a guaranteed or passive process. So we, we need to be cognizant and intentional. And then there's even a clinical trial showing vitamin D carried in an oil vehicle, meaning a delivery format, has been shown to be superior to vitamin D in a powder capsule or tablet. So this becomes especially important when it's a standalone D3 product that needs to do what it's designed to do. So we designed vitamin D3 Potency Plus with a trio of organic virgin oils, extra virgin olive oil, flaxseed oil, and avocado oil. And they are built in and we even included rosemary extract for the freshness of the oils. And it's in one singular gel cap. Again, this is an oil vehicle. I just alluded to that clinical trial and the simultaneous presence of fats and oils is here. These oils, by the way, naturally are delivering omega-3s and omega-9s, healthy omega fatty acids. We um, not only chose the oils carefully for their quality, obviously they're organic and virgin, but we've quantified for you on the label, the omega-3s and omega-9s that you're getting. So it's, I'm really proud and excited for folks with, this is you know, like I said, vitamin D3, we just got comfy with it and it wasn't being innovated. And, and now it has been. You touched on some myths earlier, but I, I want to spend a little bit more time on myths on D. What are some other myths out there? Okay. All right. So you, it's not toxic. We learned that one. You can't get it through diet alone. So the other one I would say is, and, and this is probably the the top reason why so much of our nation is insufficient or deficient. People think of vitamin D supplementation as a temporary uh, fix or solution. So the myth is you can take vitamin D sometimes and then move on with your life. <laughs> so if, it's a really common scenario. Family, friends, strangers, once they find out you're a dietitian, the people will divulge all kinds of things, but they go to their healthcare practitioner. Hey, my vitamin D level was measured. I'm like, cool, what was it? Oh, it was 20 something. And they were concerned. So they put me on whatever they put them on. That's another issue is providers will sometimes just say, go to the pharmacy, nearest pharmacy and get vitamin D. 
that's like, I don't even know. That's so overwhelming to think what what the person would look for <laughs> such little direction so anyways they go and i guess get enough vitamin d because they're deficient to impact their blood level and get it above 30 by the way like just slightly above 30 for a lot of these people i talk to they're retested their levels in three months hey i'm like 35 nanograms per mil now i'm good and they stop taking the supplement this this is a really you know, it's scientifically just doesn't, it's illogical. I call this the yo-yo phenomenon. You will yo-yo from vitamin D sufficiency to deficiency multiple times throughout your life if you don't have a daily ritual with this essential fat-soluble vitamin. Um, It's a daily product. It's a daily for sure. Very clear. And then I'd say the last myth, I and I didn't think of it as a myth until Actually, we launched this product and several of y'all started writing in saying, why does your vitamin D3 potency plus not have vitamin K in it? So I responded to at least four unique individuals. So so I'll just share. It is a myth that vitamin K, K1 or K2, but y'all are talking about K2 typically. It is a myth that vitamin K is a required nutrient for vitamin D absorption or activity. So calcium does require vitamin D for absorption in the gut. Vitamin K historically has been paired with vitamin D. Uh, Like I'm not sure Metagenics was maybe one of the first brands to do it. And it's a fine combo. It's their fat solubles. It would be like offering a complex of A, D, E, and K. You know, we, we prefer to do that in a comprehensive multivitamin format. But Basically, this duo got some brand equity somehow, and people like are like, "Where's my K?" So, to be clear, D three doesn't rely on K at the gut, the level of the gut. I, I was doing some research recently, and at the level of the liver and the kidney, in that converting to the circulating form and converting to the active form, vitamin D does have an important buddy nutrient there: um, magnesium. So magnesium is an essential mineral. You want to make sure you're getting, filling that gap because that's at the level of vitamin D conversion and activity. So nothing wrong with your K. And yes, K2 has data for growing data for heart health and bone health support, but we don't think those belong together for a vitamin D sufficiency product. We think they belong in a high quality multivitamin. So, Which for our audience, you're going to get a sneak peek. That is in the pipeline coming to you very soon. It's coming very soon, but we won't talk about it anymore, but stay tuned. It's very exciting. Be another podcast on that. So you did this great email, Ashley, to our audience about what what I I loved. You said hacking vitamin D with love. So quickly, what what do you mean by that? And talk about how that led to to D3 potency plus. Right. So. I, you know, my doctoral dissertation research was in vitamin D at UGA's Bone and Body Composition Lab. Shout out to Dr. Richard Lewis. And that, you know, made me fascinated and I remain fascinated ever since. I think it's a truly wonderful nutrient. And when we think about how big the gap is and how many people are impacted, like, I don't know. It it's not only frustrating, like somebody just needs to be compassionate as a company and make a product that works. And so I I think that was part of our one of the drivers for sure, hacking it 
with love. That's what I mean there. We want to be helpful to folks to have you invest in a product that that works, right? So when I say we we hacked it, our five five areas that, that we improved upon in the market, like quite honestly, the market, you know, there were some uh, areas for opportunity is how I'll phrase it. So source, number one, we went with an organic, sustainable plant origin algae source of D3. This is, that combo is like, it's a unicorn. So we put the unicorn D3 and Secondly, dose or potency is another term, which is why it made its way into the label, you know, the, the product name rather, vitamin D3 potency plus. In just one gel cap a day, we deliver a potent dose. This is science backed. This is based in rooted in pharmacokinetic research, 5,000 IUs of D3. So most standalone vitamin D3 products on the market are, are candidly sub-efficacious doses. They are sub-potent. I'm talking about 400 IU, 600 IU, 1,000 IU, 2,000 IU. You know, these products are like going to get a pumpkin spice latte and like they left out the latte part. So <laughs> so they're, I, I wouldn't waste your money on it. And beyond the money, like it's not helping you with achieve vitamin D sufficiency uh, daily, much less for life. So, and mind you, 5,000 IU again is for that healthy weight range could be higher for, for others with adipose considerations. So the third feature we hacked, so to speak, is form. You, you would be surprised. There are a lot of D2 supplements still on the market, even though this is like not a question mark area in nutrition. Like some areas of nutrition are like question marky. <laughs> this is not one of them. And D3 is two to th three times more potent than D2. So I will say, just a shout out to vegetarians and vegans. There are vitamin D supplements that claim to be vegan, like overall, or say a multivitamin. This is common. And a multivitamin that will claim to be vegetarian or vegan and the d3 source is in fact lanolin again nothing wrong with lanolin it's a fine d3 source but last time i checked vegans are not wanting sheep's wool as their as what's not vegan so anyways the we went with the d3 form but in the plant origin source the the fourth feature we already talked about it's we hacked the absorption piece, the bioavailability and fat solubility piece with this built-in trio of, of organic virgin oils, this opens up your opportunity to take the supplement any time of the day with or without a meal. And, you know, we're, we're just supporting the natural absorption dynamics and kinetics of, of this nutrient. And then the fifth is, I call it the other stuff, <laughs> less is more. We deliver a clean formula. So we, even down to our excipients, we include rosemary extract for freshness, right? You think of your oils when you're cooking within your kitchen. You want them to be as fresh as possible. And, and this product is GMO-free, gluten-free, dairy-free, soy-free, major food allergen-free. And, and you won't find, you know, magnesium stearate or synthetic colors or flavors or canola oil or soybean oil. This is the cream of the crop and we really curated every feature.
well, I, I love this product and it's so cool to have a product that literally everyone can benefit from at a time in our world where D is just so critical to our mm -hmm. overall health and well-being. So I hope everyone enjoyed the show. And again, visit mybuddygreen.com slash D3pod and use the code D3pod to save 25% off your order of vitamin D3 potency plus. Ashley, thank you so much. Thank you.